Hey guys, welcome to the Different Animals Podcast. This is Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And today we're going to be hitting you with as much nonsense as usual. Um, we're going to talk about MJ Last Dance, which recently which recently finished. Um, we're going to talk about um, the Snyder Cut getting released for Justice League. <laughs> um, going to be talking about uh, my personal grievances with a, an old game that I've decided to replay. Uh, I'm going to be talking about some of these reopenings that are going on and these ESPN all-time teams. But first, we're going to hit you with this intro track. So, first, let's start with MJ the Last Dance here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what what are you? What are some of your uh, thoughts that you've got at the end of this documentary? Yeah. So, as, as a whole, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think in the back, the the um, what's it called, the behind the scenes stuff, the the 1998 stuff is fascinating, um, and it's also kind of. Uh, makes it's, it's humbling like you see him sort of just be a person I mean still kind of a jerk and kind of you know the 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 main guy in the room whenever he walks in it but you see sort of a different side of him and, and I found that all of those spice or um, sort of sprinkled throughout the documentary made it um, really insightful but yeah like I said as a, as a whole I, I really liked it um, I don't know if it showed me anything I didn't already know and I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast where or previous episode where you know, the only really thing that I that I learned so far was just that the the championships from ninety six to ninety eight they weren't automatics. You know, like they had to fight for them, and, and they were very close, all of them, even the ninety uh, ninety six one against the Sonics. Um, so I would say that that's the biggest thing that it showed me, and maybe a little bit how he thinks and, and sort of why he's so competitive. But it really didn't teach me anything that I didn't already know or like didn't have an understanding of it but then again I am you know I'm a sports fan and I've been you know I, I sort of follow things more closely than the average per than the, you know the lay person so they, they might have gotten more out of it but yeah I mean I really liked it um but I I, I, I don't think I was you know as informed like oh my gosh that I, I, I've seen a completely different side of him then but, but then again maybe that's not what they wanted yeah definitely I I, I get exactly what you're saying where most of it other than let's put it this way i think there are circumstances around the championships and around michael jordan that i wasn't privy to but i don't think i learned anything new about michael jordan specifically mm-hmm. um you know i we all knew he was a dickhead and we get you know probably i think it was half an episode or maybe a whole episode just about why he thinks his um what's the word i'm looking for here his reasoning for why he was such a dickhead and why he had to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of pushing uh, everybody. Right. The one thing I will say is that like, I'm glad that we didn't get much Kobe Bryant. I would have felt really bad if like that, that episode would have just been difficult to watch. You know what I mean? Right. If we got a whole bunch of Kobe Bryant, that episode would have been difficult to watch. 
for what it's worth, the episode where Jordan loses his dad is like really tough. It's you know what I mean. It's not a breeze of a watch. You know what I no. mean. No. And right. yeah. And like I had seen the picture before of him on the floor. You know what I mean with the trophy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I had no idea, like. That he was sobbing through it, yeah. Right, that he was, like, legitimately, like, having a breakdown after winning a championship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I told Sydney, or I told my girlfriend when we were watching it, I was like, oh, because I, I was, I sort of knew each spot, what was going to happen. You know, like, I would be like, oh, look, here's the shot over Elo. And then I would, like, jump up in the living room and do the, the fist pump, yeah. right? Like, before it happened, because I knew it was coming. And then I was like... Um, and then after he wins first one, I'm like, oh, this is where he puts the trophy against his forehead, and he's like, he's he's got his eyes closed. Yeah. And then when he won the first one, when he came back, I was like, oh, here's here's gonna be, this is the one where he's on the floor, and he's like, you know, he's sort of just he looks like he just got knocked out. Right. He looks like he's exhausted. Right. Which I'm sure he was. But yeah. Like... yeah. I, and I told him I was like, well, I never heard it before. Like heard him. I've never seen the video of it. It's always just been the picture. So that that you're right. That is one of the things that I was like, whoa, that's really. I hadn't seen that before. And that's that's so absurd to me. To play at a level where you are easily the best player in the world mm-hmm. while that kind of trauma is basically weighing on you. You know what I mean? Right, like right. that's mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Um I I definitely um know what you mean and and, and I think about that last bit of episode seven where he's talking about why he competes the way he does and he starts crying or he tears up and it's sort of one of those things where it's like it's hard to know if he's self-aware where he knows that that's not how most people are wired or if he is wired in such a way where he sees other people not doing that and he gets so frustrated he's like why don't you have the drive it's kind of like you know it's like i think it's i think it's both i think i think he understands that not everyone thinks that way and that's what makes him different than everyone else. Right. But I think he's also frustrated because I think Michael Jordan truly believes that if everyone operated the way he does, they could be 1B Michael... to his 1A. I right. don't think he would ever concede that someone could be Michael Jordan. But like I think I think with he believes that with the right amount of just like the sheer determination and force of will that you could be on his level. You right. wouldn't be him. You know right. what I mean? Like I truthfully believe he doesn't think there's anybody on the world that's as good as him at anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, he, when, he, when he was like, uh, Hey man, you get to, you got your, uh, he gave that guy tickets and he was like, thank God. And he was like, Oh, or he said something about God. And he's like, yeah, he just gave it to you or something. He just gave you these tickets. To you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. um, God, yeah, what was I, the, I know what you mean. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, but no, I mean, absolutely. I know what you mean. Like he, he probably thinks, well, you know, if I, if if I worked this hard, this person might come close to it, but I feel like that's, I don't know that, that's, it's like being like, it's like he has the, he has the God given privilege of being really, really good at basketball. And I feel like that combined with his worth, work ethic is sort of what got him where he is, but to have that work ethic. And then that maybe not realize that other people don't have the skills, then that's sort of where you might rub people the wrong way, being like, try harder. And then him trying plus his natural skills sort of go hand in hand, and that's why he did what he did. But for other people, they might have the work ethic, but not the skills, you know? Yeah, and I think that brings us into a greater conversation of like 
do people believe that skill is anything that can be given to you? Like, right. I know plenty of people that believe there's no such thing as God-given skill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There are people that believe, like, you say it's God-given skill, but it's because I had such a singular focus and work ethic from such a young age. Which is one thing you you have to give Michael Jordan is that it was sports immediately and nothing else. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. it, was, it wasn't like sports and academics and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. nah, I'm sports and specifically baseball and basketball. Yeah, and like he mentioned, you know, he mentions his dad, of course, and his mom early on. But does he mention anybody else in his family? Like, no, no, I think he mentions that his brother beat him all the time and had his dad's attention at first. Yeah, that's the last you hear. That's the last you hear. Like, he doesn't, he mentioned, I think he mentions his kids, like, about, you know, when, when they were in Salt Lake City, but he never goes, you know, do it for my kids, or like my hope is that I inspire my kids, or like he, I, I, if you were, if you, if I had, if I didn't know who he was and that he had kids, I would have been like, was he married? Like they never mentioned his wife. Like he, they, they, they mentioned, mentioned his wife, wife once, once when he goes, hey, do you want to get a call? And he goes, oh yeah, 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 let me call whoever. And I was like, well, like, dude, yeah, I think they're like, do you want to talk to your wife? And he's like, yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. it. <laughs> like that's the whole mention of his wife. And that's, and that's sort of kind of what we were talking about in a previous episode about Tiger King, about like what what is a documentary meant to do? And so this documentary was about him and the 90s Bulls in the last season, right? But if, 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 should I deduct points from this, the documentary because they don't talk about his life? Because ultimately what we're looking at is, a you know, it's I read this article this week um, on Slate about the author said, you know, Michael Jordan is exactly who I thought he was. And he says, you know, he says that he knows that Michael Jordan was a basketball player, a great one. And he was hoping that documentary would give more about it. But he says, ultimately, it doesn't. It just kind of says this guy was a really good basketball player. He was kind of a jerk. But there wasn't more there in the documentary than that. You know, he doesn't go, oh, he was a great parent or, you know, whatever. But maybe that's not what the documentary was about. So I'm sort of conflicted in terms of what... Honestly, and I think he mentions this later in that same article, if I've read the same one as you, which is that I don't know if it's a failure on the documentary to tell us less about Michael Jordan or it's a character flaw of Jordan where really Jordan, if you if you went up to Michael Jordan and was like, tell me about your life. You know what I mean? No, no recordings, no anything. You know what I mean? Just like, tell me about your life in general. I don't know that unless pressed about it, he would ever bring up his kids or his wife. You know what I mean? Like they are obviously a part of his life, but I wonder if the reason the documentary doesn't touch it is because Michael Jordan doesn't consider that part of his identity. You know what I mean? Like I had a kid and then being a father is now a part of my identity, but for Michael Jordan, he had a kid and it could just be like, I had a kid, but I am still Michael Jordan, the best basketball player to ever walk this earth. You know what I mean? So like at that point, it's not even really a failure of the documentary. It's just that we, we did know, you know what I mean? Like, like we, there may not have been anything else we didn't know to divulge. The answer might just be that Michael Jordan is singularly focused on basketball and nothing else in his entire life. Right. Right. And And, I I read a separate article where they talk about um, that Michael Jordan wasn't happy with six. 
Like he and actually, you know what? I think they mentioned it in the last dance. Yeah, he's, he's like, like he's like, no, nah, we could have got seven. Yeah, and yeah. hell, he came back three, two or three years later to play for the fucking Wizards, who were terrible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think basketball was his only thing. And that, yeah, that, I mean, like, if I can, let, let me, if I can read just like the last bit of the article, he, um, in the article, he, he quotes another writer who wrote a book about Jordan's time with the Wizards in the early 2000s. And he says, in quotes, he says, you know, what idea has he ever expressed beyond winning games? Lee, uh, I think it's Lee, 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 he asked in his book years ago. The last dance might have, might be the final word here, but it hasn't revealed anything about Jordan as a man that Lee didn't already tell us way back in 2004 perhaps because there's really nothing else to tell so it's like like you said i think that's that's all it is it's just that you sort of um there's a quote that i saw this week about somebody who was watching the the documentary and they were talking about a quote from a movie called chariots of fire the one okay. I think it was, it's about running on the beach, and he said something like, "You know, Michael Jordan was put on Earth to play basketball by God. So when you see him play it so well, it's like you're watching God, God's pleasure on planet Earth." Right. And so I feel like that's it. It's it, it, like it stops there. Like it's just the the most fulfilling uh, incarnation of a thing, but that's it. There is nothing more. Right, and I think that, like like we've said the whole time, is that Michael Jordan is such a, I'm going to use a term that's generally considered negative. He is a one-trick pony. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he's like, I play basketball. And the thing is, I do it better than every single fucking person on earth, and this is all mm-hmm. I do. And yeah. if yeah. you can't even be mad that that's all I do, because yeah. I do it so well. It's like a one-trick, except that pony is genetically put together in a way where does that trick so well you know his brain is wired in the perfect way for the game his body is wired in a perfect way for the game there really is no flaw in how he plays the game i mean other than maybe his teammates but ultimately i mean it worked and i want to get i want to get your thoughts on two things you know while we were talking about jordan and, and the first one is i was talking to my roommate this week about another difference between him and lebron is sort of how you inspire people, like how you are a leader of people. Right. And whether or not, you know, Jordan's was worth it or no. Jordan's if is LeBron's is better. I mean, and we were talking about how luck ultimately plays a part of it, but what, what do you think? I don't think, I think, I think Michael Jordan had a perfectly logical reason for doing what he did in his head. I think in his fucking mind, he was like, nah, I just bully the fuck out of people until they pick up their slack, and then they are better because I bullied them into being better, and, like, they're going to look back on that and be like, I'm really glad he bullied the shit out of me because now I'm better. But the thing is, is you have to remember is that humans aren't basketball playing machines like Michael Jordan is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, right. like they are people off the court, which right. if there's anything we've learned is that Michael Jordan might not be a fully functioning fucking human off the court. Like, mm-hmm. like he needs competition. It's why he fucking gambled so much. You know right. what I mean? Like right. his quote is like, I don't have a gambling problem. I have a competition problem. Like that's a perfect analogy, but mm-hmm. there've been all sorts of studies 
and uh, and psychological you know studies done to show that that doesn't work. They they've been able to to figure you know I, I don't know the methods. I'm not one of them, but I've seen multiple scientific papers where you know it basically just goes into is that negative reinforcement doesn't cause positive results. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just doesn't. It, you know psychologically yeah. people don't respond. And it's the same thing when you see coaches, like you see a kid in a college basketball game. Boy, I'm fucking old. I just had a kid in a college basketball game. Can you <laughs> shoot me? Put me down. All right. So a kid in a college basketball game will miss a shot and get turn around and get absolutely chewed the fuck out. Right. Right. And the answer is the kid didn't fucking want to miss the shot. It's not like the kid was just like, let me just toss this away. So right. when you say, you stupid piece of shit, why did you miss that shot? You know what I mean? Like, or I'm going to bench you because you're not getting any more playing time. Like, now I'm on eggshells. You know what I mean? Like, that kid mm-hmm. is on eggshells and it didn't help at all. Right. It's like, you know, it's like the Bobby Knight way, you know? He right. won. I mean, he still has the last undefeated team in college basketball in, I think, in like 1976 or 86. And... He, you know, he berated his players. That's why he was ultimately fired. And he won, but then other coaches like Dean Smith, who maybe weren't that aggressive, they also won. So Dean Smith is the exact opposite, I feel. Dean Smith, I I haven't heard any negative towards Dean Smith. I'm right. not a UNC fan. Right. I don't, you know, I, I'm not I'm going to say I don't buy into the mythology, which isn't to say that I think that it's all fake. I'm just saying that, like, I'm not just going to be swayed because he was a UNC coach. You know what I mean? Right. But we're talking about a coach that across the board has seemingly just done nothing but care for the people that played for him. I mean, they say it in the last dance, which is that, you know, fucking Dean Smith tells Michael Jordan, like, you need to go pro. There's nothing for you to come back for. Get the fuck out of here. Like, my life would be easier if you came back, but don't. Get the Mm -hmm. fuck out. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, you get that in John Calipari. You get that. In, in Roy Williams, it seems, like, from where I can sit, you know what I mean? He seems to care about his players. I mean, right. he showed up to Kobe White's game as a bull when Kobe White was on, like, a really bad cold streak. And Roy Williams, like, went out of his way to fly to Chicago, I think, and watch a game mm-hmm. and be there mm-hmm. in the crowd for him. And then, you know, I, Coach K kind of seems like he's there. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? He seems yeah. more strict and, like, you know, his whole military fucking persona. But, like, he still seems to care legitimately about his players right. and i think you'll see that those coaches are consistently do better you know what i mean right mm-hmm. no yeah, yeah definitely definitely and and sort of that i was mentioning earlier it's i feel like it also is about luck i think at a certain point like you were saying the kid misses the shot right right but if we go back you know to the 90s and let's say he let's say jordan comes back but instead, they lose to the Sonics, they lose to the Pacers, and they lose to... Who else did they play? Who was in the second one? The, Son- the Sonics? Then the Jazz. Let's say that they lose. Right. And then he, he comes back and he makes it to the finals, but he maybe wins one more, or maybe he doesn't win any of them. Right. And then let's say in the in the early 2010s, LeBron, you know, he goes back to Cleveland, and, you know, Kyrie doesn't break his knee. Uh, Kevin Love doesn't have his arm ripped out by Kelly Olenek. And <laughs> instead of going 1-3 against the Warriors... And then oh, Kevin Durant doesn't join the Warriors. Instead of going one and three, he goes three and one. And then there, LeBron has five. Jordan has three. And Jordan's way of teaching people, of bullying people, does hasn't resulted in as many wins as somebody who you know is a teammate like LeBron. 
who gets Absolutely. Tristan Thompson $80 million, right? Right. And, and I so think that... it's just luck. I just think it's just, you know, yes, there's talent there. And yes, he did, would want, he, he did win one, but it's also, you know, luck. You know, Curry became a generational talent. Durant joined them. Uh, Kyrie broke his knee. So I, I feel like the way we react to how Jordan was a teammate is based on results, but then a large part of it, as much as people don't want to admit, is luck, or just the outcome of the games by pure luck. Right. Absolutely. I mean, in every sport, there is some level of luck. And the what separates luck from everything else is consistency. And so that's why you don't... You, no one's ever going to tell you Brady and Belichick got lucky. You know what I mean? And it's because they've consistently done it over a period of time. And I don't think you can say that Jordan got lucky, but I think it, you can still argue that it, it had nothing to do with the way he acted toward his teammates. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You right. can just say, like, the answer is regardless of of personality, if you had talent of de- – if you had nameless, emotionless fucking robots, right? Mm-hmm. But they had the exact same skill sets as Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, and uh, – Steve Kerr, Kerr. Yeah. like you know what I mean. They would probably still win, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, right. it, or, or at least be as close to winning. But I think, like you said, like the I think the difference that you can point to is that if LeBron doesn't win those championships, right, which he doesn't, you know what I mean. He, he mm-hmm. went one and three against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. After it's all said and done, nobody has anything bad to say about LeBron, right? Right. If Michael Jordan doesn't win, everyone and their fucking mother is going to point to that dude and be like, that dude is a raging fucking dickhead, and he can eat my whole asshole. Like, like there's, there's no way you go through that and not win and be cool with it. You know what I mean? The answer right. is, He's get, right back this, in the 80s. Yeah. get this motherfucker off my team. Like... That's why, you know, it's not like the Wizards, they got better, but it's not like the team got better. You know what I mean? Right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Famously. I mean, he's like Westbrook on the Thunder. That one he had the year he had his MVP. It's like as a whole, yes, the team was better, but the team wasn't better, if that makes any sense. Right. The team wasn't better. It's just that you were on the team and you were better. So, therefore, the team is better. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, there is a difference. Yep, yep. Right, which is... You know what's funny? It's like it, it becomes hard because I feel like LeBron is a little iffy on that front as well. Not necessarily on the team, you know, his his style of leadership. Because mm-hmm. I actually don't know what LeBron's style of leadership is. I don't think you ever hear about, like, what he's like in the locker rooms other than other people that played with him saying, like, he's dedicated, he's got a high IQ, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you don't really hear a whole lot about his interactions with the other yeah. players. I feel like for just from, from like you said, just from – an outside perspective, it feels like it's a lot of lead by example kind of way. Right. He's always working out. He's always in the gym. So why shouldn't I also be there? Because if he's about to, you know, be like, hey, tell management, hey, better pay my, you got to pay my guy. You got to give Tristan Thompson, who, I mean, come on, $80 million, (laughs) then you sort of go, well, he's, if he's writing for me, I got to write for him. Right. And I feel like that, that's sort of the, the experience I get from him. It might be I might be completely off, but it feels no, like that's what it is. That seems it, because I don't think LeBron 
does anything to lead. Like Michael Jordan led by example and also by being a dickhead. I think LeBron just cut out the being a dickhead part. I don't know that he's going up to guys after the game and like calling them like, hey, you want to come over and watch film? You know what I mean? Like I don't don't know that that's happening. But just at the very least, you see him operate and you see how greatness operates and you understand that's what you should do. He's just not going to fucking berate you about it like a dickhead. Yeah. Also, what killed me, (laughs) I, I can't remember the line now, but you said something... When he says, like, God gave you those tickets or whatever? Yeah. Oh, when he says, like, he's like, oh, thank God for these tickets. He's like, yeah, just gave them to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. But there's something race. A guy talks trash, I think. And he says, don't you ever talk shit to black Jesus. And I was like, God. Yeah, it was, that um, fucking killed me. Is it Reggie? Is it Reggie Miller? Yes, it was Reggie Miller. Because Reggie Miller. Miller says, all I ever call him is that black cat. That black cat, yeah. Or, or Jordan or something like yeah, that. Jordan. Air yeah. Jordan or Black Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> that's the most random and amazing shit. If you ever get another grown man who is your fucking peer, who is uh, your rival to call you Black Jesus, you won. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't exactly. matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I, the, the, the last thing I, I, I kind of want to say about the documentary is it reminded me a lot of this movie uh, from 2014 uh, called Whiplash. Have you ever seen it? I haven't. It's um it's directed by Damien Chazelle and he won the Oscar for directing La La Land, and he sort of he, it was his second movie ever and so what it's about is uh, um, a drum player, a drums player sorry, in a jazz band. Um the drum player drums player is played by Miles Teller, and he enrolls in an academy for music, and there he is selected to be a, uh, a part of a small band that's the exclusive band like that's the, the nice fancy band that goes on competitions and stuff and it's it's teacher is um, jk simmons jk simmons yeah yeah okay and so sorry so in the documentary in the movie he berates and bullies and screams at his band at the band members and bullies them and like and later, I mean, spoiler alert for a little bit for Whiplash. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. It was my, my favorite movie of the last decade. He Eventually, you find out that one of his older players killed himself because he had PTSD from the way that this guy taught them. And so eventually, um, him, the, the drums player, um, he, you know, he doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't have friends. He's socially cut off because all he does is just drums until his hands are bleeding. And so ultimately, he has a lunch with J.K. Simmons, his teacher, after the teacher gets ousted for what he did. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, you know, sort of when it is, to, when, when you go too far, mm-hmm. you know. And he goes, and J.K. Simmons says something to the effect of, you know, I push them, but that's because you have to be pushed to make good art. And he says, you know, the worst two words in the English language are good job. You know, it's just say, oh, good job. You know, you did okay. You know, we, we're robbed of talent, of a gift, if we don't push people to what they should do. And so Miles Teller says, well, isn't something going too far? Like, don't we go too far at one point? And he says, no, man, because, you know, the next great Charlie Parker, who was a great drums player, he's like, the next Charlie Parker would never be dissuaded from becoming Charlie Parker because I yelled at him. And so I love that movie for that reason. It's this it's sort of idea of being like, what is good art worth? And is pushing people too far worth it? And are we missing out on something in life and history and civilization if we don't push people? 
so um yeah i mean it's, it's great i mean it, it not only is it does it have a great themes and you're sort of thinking about them after you watch it but also um it looks great and it sounds great and it's got great performances so if you haven't seen whiplash check out whiplash but i couldn't help but think that this movie is a long 10 hour version of that good job speech you know what's nuts though is that like what pushed michael jordan the answer is nothing really like michael jordan was who he was he was psychotically competitive from a young age on Mm -hmm. his own if anything the only thing that seemed to push him was getting his father's attention specifically because he said that his father used to pay more attention to his brothers you know what i mean but like so i think if anything that proves that you know, pushing sometimes is, you know, probably necessary, but like, it doesn't have to be a, there, to me, there is a too far. And you can see that because mm-hmm. Michael Jordan himself, as much as he says, like, you know, I push myself to that degree. The thing is, it's still no one else pushing you. And I think it's that you would have been that guy, regardless of whether someone pushed you or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is in you that you've decided to be that guy. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, I, I don't know that... I mean, are we going to say that if someone was pushing Michael Jordan harder, he would have been better? No, of course no. not. No, but I mean, more of, I mean, more of uh, MJ being on the teacher side, on the pushing people side, not him being the one that's... Right, but what I'm saying is that because... Like, that... In the movie example, in Whiplash, while J.K. Simmons is the teacher, at some point, J.K. Simmons was not the teacher. You know no. what I mean? Yeah, J.K. Yeah. Simmons was the student and still became who he was without ridiculous pushing. Or, well, I don't know his, I don't know J.K. Simmons' character's background in that. But I'm saying that yeah. same example is that, like, Michael Jordan being the teacher, being a dickhead and saying it's only possible by pushing people way too far is not true in your own story where you didn't have to get pushed too far to become great. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we have an example where you didn't need to get pushed, and it's great, and it's you. But now you're going too far. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and, and, you know, it kind of goes back to that natural talent thing. It's like, if you have the yeah. natural talent, it looks like, and other people don't, and you don't maybe realize that you have that, then everybody else looks like a bunch of lazy slobs. Yeah. Also, it, to a certain point, it's just a fucking psychological profile. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there are people who, when yelled at, like, go harder, and there are people who, when yell at, fucking shut down. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, fuck you. Like, like, I'm going to go to Orlando and make my millions and not be yelled at by some some dickhead. You know? Exactly. The Kevin Durant way. You think Kevin yeah. Durant would respond? Would have responded to Jordan? Fuck no. Like, he'd have been like, yo, he'd like, have fired up his burners <laughs> and been like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, this bitch is just, he's, you know, he's really gay with a gambling problem. <laughs> That's my favorite quote ever. And I, is it, was it Miro? That it, was said? Miro it was the kid Miro on Twitter. He's <laughs> just really gay with the gambling product. Oh. He's just uh, absentee father, uh, DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> he was. They have the same mid-range game. Uh, yeah. So going from one movie to another, because we talked yeah. about Whiplash. Um, the, so I'm going to give you my knowledge on this topic, and then you're mm-hmm. going to school me because... I don't, I'm not 100% sure what's going on, but I know that when Justice League was being made, um, I didn't know, I don't know if he stepped down or if he got let go, mm-hmm. but Zack Snyder was making Justice League, and then uh, he was no longer making Justice League, and uh, right. somebody else took over, I don't remember who it was, 
Oh, it was uh, Joss Whedon. Um, Joss Whedon. Okay. Um, he took over, and then I remember hearing at the time that it wasn't supposed to be a big change, but then I definitely heard that, like, the film had drastically changed in tone, and I think mm-hmm. it was that, like, they were like, oh, he's coming on, but there's not really any more shooting, and then I feel like the movie, this is just, you know, me trying to think back in my head, not being sure. I feel like the movie got pushed back, because they definitely did a lot of reshooting. Um Mm-hmm. And so I remember hearing that, you know, everyone wanting the Zack Snyder cut of the movie, which mm-hmm. is, um, you know, probably more tonally consistent, um, which may have been the problem with Suicide Squad. If I remember correctly, they went from Suicide Squad being like dark on purpose to begin with. And then like by the end of the marketing campaign, Suicide Squad was written in like a million bright colors with like bright paint splashes in front of it and like funny looking letters. Yeah. Um so like what what exactly is going on with the Zack Snyder cut? Because I've heard that it is now going to be released. Yes. Yeah so yeah you were right. So um so it's March twenty sixteen and they come out with Batman vs Superman. And of course, that's you know the the crown jewel of his murderverse of of uh, of his fucking just bleak, dark, uh, just you know grim look at superheroes. And so that comes out. It makes a lot of money, but it's not really well received. And Wait, I, was, I mentioned was Zack Snyder, oh, the one behind Batman vs Superman. Yes, yes. Sorry, okay. yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so they give you know he does Man of Steel in 2013. They give him the keys to the to the kingdom, and they say, hey, you know, you're gonna head our DC. Uh, superheroes, you're gonna do everything. You're gonna do Justice League. You're gonna write Wonder Woman. You're gonna executive produce all of the rest of them. He's like, the uh, what's his name in Marvel? Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. Feige. Yeah. I yeah. never knew how to pronounce his name, and now <laughs> I sound like a fucking idiot on a podcast. <laughs> Let's go, Kevin Feige, baby. <laughs> like Feige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so he, you know, and so he puts out Man of Steel. It's you know, it's pretty good. Christopher Nolan, uh, I think, co-wrote it or produced it. And then they give him Batman vs. Superman, March of 2016, comes out, makes a lot of money, not very well received. And so he begins production on a two-part Justice League movie. Part one was going to come out in November 2017. And so it's going along, and it's, you know, people are starting to sour on it. And then Suicide Squad, like you said, comes out in August of 2016, and that's not really well received either. It makes a lot of money. but um, And so at that point, I think this is where it's a little murky in terms of what happened, because he did step down. Um, his, his actually his daughter committed suicide um, early shit. 2017 and so him and his wife who produced the film with him they step down and they bring in Joss Whedon to sort of just you know lead the, the train into the station just finish it up shoot a couple of things and make it a little bit more accessible and so then the movie comes out and it sucks dude it, it's fucking terrible I saw it in IMAX and I was like it, it's god awful from the you know the fake lip uh, Henry Cavill to just the script and then the, the, the finale is this horrible CGI fest and the, the villain's terrible. Anyway, Justice League sucks. Who's the so villain in Justice League? Uh, this guy, this like CGI character named Steppenwolf, but okay. that's like it. And so the movie comes out, it's, it's like a blip, people forget about it. And then there's this sort of, um, he begins to post pictures of the stuff that he shot and it's not in the movie. And actually a lot of the trailers, about half the trailers, half the footage in the trailers isn't in the movie. And so there's this sort of grassroots campaign called, you know, release the just the Snyder cut. Um, but like anything on the internet, some people do it nicely 
And then some people do it not so nicely. And so they're fucking jerks to people who comment on it. And they bombard people. And it it, it, it comes close to being something... Well, I don't want to attribute them to the wrong thing. But it, it, it becomes very aggressive online. And so... Shout out to people being scumbags online. Being scumbags online. Race. Yeah, yeah. Harassing people uh, uh, uh. on Twitter. Um, <laughs> just the worst. And so then, you know... And then at that point, he makes... I forgot what other movie he made. He's made since then. I don't think he has made a movie since then. Um, but to, you know, Wonder Woman. I, I, we talked about in the previous episode the good movies that have come out since you know Wonder Woman, Aquaman, uh, Shazam. Um, what else? I think that's it so far that I can think of. Um, that sounds right. Oh, Joker. Yeah, but that's... Joker. And, but yeah, so basically, you know, he's sort of removed from the project, and so you know. They're not going to release it because there is no Snyder Cut at that point. There was no Snyder Cut of the movie. It was just sort of, you know, he had little chunks and pieces. They put those chunks and pieces in one way and it made the shitty Justice League that Joss Whedon, you know, his his name is on it. But there was no concrete, there is no three-hour version of the movie complete anywhere ever. Right. And so then, recently, a global pandemic happens. That happens to coincide with HBO releasing their new streaming service called HBO Max. And so they need some sort of thing that's going to be poppy. Something that will get people talking, that will have free publicity, and that will simultaneously be something that they can release on it. And then also not coincide or not interfere with their current you know, theatrical cuts. Wonder Woman 2, Shazam 2, Black Adam. You know, If they ever do a Superman, it's not going to interfere. It's just going to be its own thing. Right. And so they decide to give Zack Snyder $20 million dollars to cut the movie and put it together so that it will be released on HBO Max next year. Okay, so I did read the article, and one thing, again, this whole idea of the Snyder Cut, I thought there was legitimately a version of the movie before the reshoots that was mostly complete, if not complete, because when you call something the fucking Snyder Cut, I imagine it's a version of a thing that exists. It um, is a <laughs> cut of something, right? Right. Yeah, but it, no, it, it wasn't. I mean... I'm sure he, I mean, like, I don't want to sort of be like, well, he was thinking this thing, he was thinking that thing. But I do think that, you know, when he was making the movie, he probably had the movie in his head. And so, yes, the movie that is in his head is not the one that's out. But, you know, when he sees, like, oh, that storyboard, you know, 352, in his mind, he sees what it is. So, of course, that's his cut of it. Right. What's nuts to me is apparently they're they're bringing back the cast to do more shooting. Right. Yeah, the, which that, means you're gonna have Ben Affleck back as Batman for like one cut, right? Like, like right. He's like, "Hey, Batman, you gained thirty pounds in the last." Shot. <laughs> that's what How I. That that's that's what I was legitimately thinking specifically about Ben Affleck. I was like, uh, "Ben Affleck, um, uh, his figure varies wildly." <laughs> <laughs> Why do you sometimes look like a giant bear, and then sometimes you look like a slender Bostonite? Like, what, Yo, what's going this, on here? This Batman in this scene is thick. <laughs> this Batman's thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> pointy. I'm doing the pointy. Yeah, right yeah, exactly. With the handcuffs. Hey, 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 that ass was fat. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, see, in, in that case, like, I, I don't, like, why, I, mean, I can see why, because, you know, it is going to make the money and people will watch it, but I don't know if I like this precedent. Yeah, it's always a little iffy with 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 precedent for for like kind of like wild maneuvers. You know what I mean? Like like mm-hmm. this, um, you know, stopping the 
pushing Sonic back completely to do yeah. the rework of the graphic design, which um, I was just gonna say that I was just gonna say it was just gonna be I was just literally just gonna say, I mean, in the last year we've had Sonic and then this in terms of two online campaigns that have worked, and I don't know if this is gonna end well for future ones like these have been fairly innocuous right and i think what happens when there is one that isn't i think what is the problem is that i think both of these campaigns are at least somewhat fair like like sonic looked fucking awful like i don't know why you had to sonic doesn't look like a real fucking thing so you don't need to humanize it you know what i mean like Right. It'd be different if Sonic, like Pikachu for Detective Pikachu, uh, Pikachu is a small rodent. You know what I mean? Like that's what yeah. he is in the game. He's a small yellow rodent. So yeah. you you can kind of redesign him to look like a small fucking rodent. But at least in the movie, he looks like a small rodent. Sonic is technically a hedgehog, but still is blue, walks on two feet, wears shoes, and goes super fast. And like you don't need to try and make this more realistic, you know what I mean? Right, right. And it, yeah, it yeah. just looks creepy. And like, I, as much as like, I don't know that I. There are a lot of things it seems with the industry that I don't agree with with how you know, um, labor is managed. But if we take that out, I think it's fair to look at that trailer. And if you're a fan of Sonic who wanted a Sonic movie, to look at that and be like, I don't know what the fuck y'all did, but you fucking ruined this. You know what I mean? I'm not going to watch it. Right, right, and, right. And that's fair. And I think the onus is now on the business to figure out whether this is a legitimate campaign, like whether this has legs, and then whether or not it will help us to redo it. You know what I mean? Like, right. it works for the Snyder Cut specifically because of circumstance and, you know, there's enough movement behind it. You will make the money. And, and it makes sense for Sonic because if you hadn't have done that, I, it's not like... I mean, who really is wanting to see the Sonic movie other than Sonic fans? You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, it's not yeah. like a blockbuster kids. for everyone. You know what right. I mean? And even yeah. kids, it, you, I feel like there's going to be presented to the kids where the kid doesn't care, but the parents are like, nah, it's cool. Trust me. Here's this video game. Like, it's cool. Yeah. But or, so, the kids, or the parents are just like, please just shut up for like an hour and a half. I'm just going to sit you in front of this blue right. thing and just please just be quiet. Right. So, like, that's going to hurt your budget if you put out this ugly fucking look at Sonic. You know what I mean? So, right. it makes yeah. sense you go fix it. The Zack Snyder thing, like, you're using a lot of footage that's already there. That budget, whatever they're giving him, what twenty million? I think you said it was twenty to thirty million. Yeah. That's not big. That you, you know, I mean, fucking Warner Brothers can get rid of twenty million and make whatever money they're going to off of it and be fine. You know what I mean? Right. So that's just good publicity at this point. That makes sense. The problem is going to be when you get uh, people running things that are just going to cave to public opinion, whether or not it's justified or not. You know what I mean? I mean, this wasn't even justified. Like you said, like Sonic, at least you go, okay, well that's not really Sonic, but this, it's like, for me, it's like, I don't think I've ever seen fans be this much, this enthusiastic, this ardent, you know, hardened fans about movies that are so shitty. I think they're so shitty. Like I I would understand it if people were like campaigning to redo Game of Thrones because the first few seasons of Game of Thrones are excellent. I mean, it's like the high, it's it's the high mark of TV in, in, in some regards. So when did Justice League come out? uh, November, 2017. When did Wonder Woman come out? Uh, August, 2017. Okay. So I guess I'm trying to figure out, is that like, no, July, July, sorry. Did they have enough? June, no June. Like there might, 
I, I guess specifically for Justice League is that Wonder Woman was great, right? And mm-hmm. then you have Justice League come out and be awful. And a lot of what I what I read as being awful is that a lot of it just like it's, it's, it it's never finds its tone. Yeah, it's a so, Frankenstein so, mix of because I don't know who who I don't know who would be the closest to Zack Snyder, but it's not Joss Whedon. Right, and I think I think it's fair if you're a fan and you want a Justice League to be good to look at that movie and be like, if mm-hmm. we'd have just, if if Whedon hadn't come in and put his hands in the pot creatively, like this would have been a good movie. I don't know if it would have, but I think if you're a person that thinks that, it's fair to say I want what this movie was originally intended to be because, like I said, most of what I saw bad about it was that it just never has a tone. Like right. it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel one movie so if you think that's what's missing i can see how it's fair for you to be like i want the version that we were supposed to get that you know what i mean was originally made and that most of the shit was shot for like i think that's still fair it's just gonna be a problem when you get to people that are like fucking i don't like chris evans as captain america this is bullshit and like blow up you know what i mean and then if marvel's the type of company that would cave and be like all right guess we're finding somebody else you're like then you then you fucked up you know what i mean right i mean like so like two things they're like so the first one would be like so batman versus superman i don't see how anybody could be a fan of that movie i know I people that before, like the extended cut the, the that one's even worse really they talk about like well it's not even worse but it's, it's great like the things that make it bad are make make it worse and I've said it in a previous podcast. The world is a worse place because that movie exists. <laughs> it doesn't work on a thematic level. It doesn't work on an editing level. It doesn't work in any level whatsoever. It doesn't work in terms of what it's trying to do with the characters. It's trying to be a deconstruction, but you can't be a deconstruction when you have been tasked or when you're framed as the thing it's that's being deconstructed, if that makes any sense. It's terrible. I would say if you want to know more about it, there's a great series called Really That Bad on YouTube where this guy goes into it like three hours, three, three hours plus going into detail. Why the movie is terrible. Um, I'll have to check that but, out because like I said, I'm, I'm not great at viewing like the themes, the tones, blah, blah, blah. I'm just in it for the narrative, like the story that is happening at that moment. But one thing that I know I've heard you say that I don't necessarily agree with movie wise, mm-hmm. like, and you said it in an earlier podcast about Man of Steel, um, or Superman in general, which is that like things don't have to like. It seems like you are against dark, like tones. Mm, no, because I mean, like I, I, I like the the Nolan Batman's. I like the Burton Batman. Like I'll, I'll take my Batman anyway, as long as it fits. And I think Superman as like it just doesn't fit it. Like I don't, I don't understand where the dark would come from in superman it's like a dark captain america it's like it 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 isn't what the character is in that case it's something else um yeah okay you can I have can a dark spider-man you could have but see, even spider-man it's like the, the the thesis of the character is that it's not dark right, right? it's and that like despite the darkness of you know his uncle dying when he got the powers like it's still that he's not that you're... he's just a kid right? right that's what makes him endearing that's what sticks with the character it's like making it's like doing a sherlock holmes movie but he's a loo he, he he's 
not serious about detective. He's like, you know, it's Aloof. a super light Sherlock. Right. Aloof, right, right. It's like the Austin Power. And in that case, then it just becomes like the Austin Powers version right. of Sherlock. Or that awful fucking Will Ferrell movie. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. So in that piece, it's not Sherlock Holmes. Um, I don't know. It's I, like turning I, Captain America into a Nazi. Shout out to Marvel Comics. Marvel did it. <laughs> uh, shout out to y'all. Y'all nailed it. But, <laughs> but you were saying, so you don't, but you personally don't mind that. I mean, well, that's the thing is that I, I like Man of Steel. I think Man of Steel is fine. I think the parts that work for it are like the fight sequences and the look of it. It's a little bit grimmer. It's a little bit darker, but I was fine with it. No, see, that's what I'm saying is that I'm, it doesn't bother me for things to be like dark and downtrodden and like it, it just doesn't bother me. Like, and I know, like I said, I've heard you say that about like Suicide Squad being dark, but that that has a litany of other problems also. Oh, so yeah. that's that's not really a fair, you know, uh, shot. But like, this is Katana. Don't get stabbed by her. <laughs> get, her sword traps the souls of the people she stabs. Slit. Um. <laughs> Uh, but like the Batman vs Superman thing again, haven't watched the movie, so I can't you know discuss any of it. But like I know you've mentioned that like it being you've if we're putting a pros and cons list, I've definitely seen you put like it being a dark tone in the cons list, which to right. me is like not really a pro or a con. It's just a decision. It is a creative direction, and as long as you nail it, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. Watchmen is dark, and they nailed it. And so it worked out perfect, which is a Zack Snyder movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, that's what I think of. But, again, I haven't seen Batman vs. Superman or the extended cut. I've just heard people talk about it. So, like, I've, I'd have i heard the extended cut was better. But, again, I don't know. There might be a litany of other things that are a problem with it that then make this a problem. Like I was saying, like, just in terms of, like, just, like, film language, just, like, the way a, a movie works, it doesn't work. So... To give you an example that I that I saw on that YouTube video, in a normal movie, if two people are talking about Jim, and somebody goes, "Where's Jim?" or like, "Where's Jim right now?" the movie would cut to Jim right. being at the store. And this one, uh, Lawrence Fishburne plays his boss, and he's talking to one of Clark Kent's coworkers, and he goes, "Where the hell is Kent?" And you would imagine that the movie would cut to where Kent is Please in Kansas the store. It cuts to Batman. It cuts to something else. So, like, you don't, like, like most people, like, or I mean, I didn't notice it the first time I had to watch the video, but your brain notices it. And you go, wait, what? Like, and you sort of get confused a little bit. It's kind of when yeah. people don't, like, people just kind of, like, when the camera cuts around too much when two people are talking in a room, it, it confuses you in a way that you don't, you, you don't just, like, let the story flow. You go, like, wait, okay, so they were talking over there. Now they're talking over here. Same thing. It's like, oh, he was talking about Kent, but now it's talking to Batman. So why did it cut to Batman? Like, it's like that kind of stuff. Right. The only it way that would ever work is if the club. whole story is revolving at that moment around nobody knowing where the fuck Superman was. Exactly. Right. So I would say you don't have to watch him. You don't have to watch Justice League. I'm going to watch this Snyder Cut just because I am a little curious <laughs> after all of this. Um, <laughs> wait, what's the quote I saw? <laughs> There's a quote floating around on Twitter where Zack Snyder's saying that Christopher Nolan's Batman's weren't dark, and then oh, he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my in my movie, Batman would get raped in prison. <laughs> like, what, dude, what are you talking about, dude? This guy. Oh, dude. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, hold on. All right, here. Uh, sorry. Go on. Let me find something that I found today that I am dying of. It's a page called. Here, I found it. It's a page called. Batman slander on Twitter, <laughs> and it's somebody taking screenshots of of tweets of other people 
who slander Batman. Okay. So here's here's the here's the top one. Somebody said, uh, or this guy at Don Kama Juan said, Batman is a billionaire practicing karate on the mentally ill. Call it what it is. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus, that's great. I hope I hope in Zack Snyder's Justice League that Batman does get raped in prison. I would be so that'd be really. That would be a turn for the character. That would be a Batman you haven't seen before. <laughs> Batman will fuck a henchman's spine up for simply trying to feed his family by putting some boxes on a truck for the Joker. But when it comes, but when the clown prince of crime gets to murdering, he wants to do things by the book. <laughs> oh. It's too funny. There's somebody I think I saw another one a couple of weeks ago, where it was like Batman will punch somebody in the throat and be like, "Where's Joker?" Oh man, it's fucking great. Have you ever seen, if you get a chance, um, do, do you watch, well, this is probably a dumb question. Do you watch animated movies? Yeah, yeah. Well, do you mean like the Batman, like the, the DC ones, or you mean just in general? Well, there is a DC one specifically that I'm going to ask if you've seen. Um, no, I haven't seen any of those DC ones. Okay, you should, if you get a chance, watch the Flashpoint Paradox. Um, it is tonally very fucking dark um basically what happens is the the gist of it i can't remember i want to say someone close to the flash dies and this is all like very opening you know what i mean this is like right right someone someone close to the flash dies and this all starts because flash um Oh, tries to do Superman, where he tries to like run so fast and spin the world backwards oh, the other back way. In time. But the he ends up he... in a different universe. Oh, okay. I think I've heard about this one. Or doesn't he kill? Or he kills Bruce Wayne, and, or he leads to Bruce Wayne being killed and not Bruce Wayne's dad. In, right? So in this, in this, I don't think Flash has anything to do with it. I think Flash just ends up in a different universe. But in this universe, mm-hmm. what happened? Batman is. Bruce Wayne's dad because mm-hmm. what sent Bruce Wayne off the fucking deep end was that they walked out of a theater and Bruce Wayne got killed by a robber. And so uh-huh. like he loses his mind. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know that they go into it, but Bruce Wayne's mom is the Joker because they snapped in the opposite directions. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, one uh, fucking broke another okay. one became ultra vigilant. Um, yeah. But like it, the opening is so fucking intense because you see an old grizzled, fucking bruce wayne using actual guns to try and stop people he's like fuck this bullshit like it's like everything we make fun of batman for which is that like you said like he will he will fuck up a henchman but then be like i I can't kill the joker like we have to kill the joker yeah i can't do it yeah because then i'm no better than him it's like wrong you stopped a bus full of people from getting blown up with a bomb like you can kill him it's fine you know what I mean? The moment, even if you say you don't, like, it's wrong to kill him, that goes out the window when this happens a second time. The first time, fair. Second time, you gotta kill him. Uh, like, <laughs> like, but, like, you see that flipped on its head where Bruce Bruce Wayne's dad, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Thomas. Thomas Wayne is Batman, and he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm not doing this by the book. Like, you are trying to fuck something up. I will shoot you on sight. And it's just like, there's plenty of other things that go on, but and, and it's really good in my opinion. But again, I live just like in the narrative. It would be it would be cool to see what you thought of any of the themes or tones, or you know, if you thought it it did the language well. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. I I I heard I had heard that they wanted to do that flashpoint 
I think that was where the Flash movie for the live action Flash movie, but I don't. I, I think that never got off the ground. Right. I think I don't think it did. Um, DC has like, you know, all comic books have it, but for some reason it's worse with DC because I think their their baseline is way too high, which is that like every DC hero is is underpowered at every moment. Like the Flash is so fast. And comics, he's been known to manipulate his molecules to go through a wall as he's going through it. Mm-hmm. Like, because the way he's not actually fast, it's just that everything else slows down so much. You know what I mean? That he's able to do all these crazy things. Um, yeah. But, like, but then, like, in in the comics, like, he gets, like, he just runs fast. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like, like if you're that fast, it doesn't matter if someone's a master of hand-to-hand combat. Like, it doesn't matter. You're just getting punched in the face, bro. Like, yeah. like there's zero chance Batman would ever stop Flash. You know what I mean? But right, right. they have to <laughs> drop him. You know what I mean? Like, we can't we can't have this happen. Batman's got to be competitive. Have you seen, um, have you heard of the show The Boys on Amazon? Uh, I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. So, and one of the, what you know, I mean, all the characters on there are pretty much just DC knockoffs, sort of, kind of. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a Wonder Woman, and there's, like, an Invisible Man, and an Aquaman version, and then there's a Flash one. And in the first episode, this girl, she's about to kiss this guy, and then her body just disappears, and then all of a sudden there's, like, an explosion of blood, because the Flash guy, like, ran through her, <laughs> and her body was just, like, a squid, like, yeah. a balloon. <laughs> You kind of go like, oh yeah, the Flash would instantly kill like twenty people if he just went really fast, right? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, they, exactly. That's like, and I think just because DC's baseline is so high, you know what I mean? Like, all of their characters are so ignorantly powerful at any given They're like, point. Oh, like, God, right, except for Batman, right? Except for Batman, so that when all these things start to happen, like you just kind of have to to try and get people to forget that they're all gods. You know what I mean? Like, realistically, why is the Joker a problem? Like, Batman can just be like, hey, Superman, you want to take care of this one for me? And it's like, Superman would just roll up, grab him, and walk out. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing else. Right. And so, like, you have to play this game where you just have to forget certain people are certain levels of powerful and, and shit. Right. So, speaking of games, you said you were about to play an old game that you had been playing? Are you playing a new version of the old game? All right. So, Final Fantasy VII is an old game that came out on the PS1. Don't know the year. I'm terrible with dates. Um, came out on the PlayStation. Oh, you mean Fast and Furious Seven? Yeah, the Fast FF Seven, Fast and Furious Seven, Fast and Furious Seven, Furious Seven. Wait, is Fast and, <laughs> is it is it Fast and Furious Seven or is it like the Fast and Seven Furious? Like, like we had to move, no, <laughs> we had to move a bunch of ands and does around to get the right one. <laughs> so the movies are the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Fast oh. Five, Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven. Oh, okay. And Fate of the Furious. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why did they have oh. to name these like this? Well, it's annoying because it's not consistent. But then also for the Fate of the Furious, it's not F eight; it's Fate. So it's like, why? Well, Just put the why F eight. Right. If you're gonna go through the pro, like if you're gonna go through putting the word eight in the title, yeah. Just fucking and then the ninth eight. one is just F nine. <laughs> fucking the the fight in the Furious. Um, Fast ten, your seatbelt. <laughs> Click it or ticket is the subtitle <laughs> on that one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, sorry. I'm playing. Fa- I'm playing Final Fantasy VII because a remake came out, um, uh-huh. and, and on the PlayStation Four, completely updated. Um, some things have changed story wise. So, and, and I remember playing Seven, but I don't know if I ever completed it. I have weird memories of like the ending and certain key plot points, but I don't know if those were just through osmosis because that game was so wildly popular. 
Um, yeah. Is it now? I, I know there. I've never been into Final Fantasy. Like I know almost close to nothing about it, but I know that there is one game that came along that was like huge. That was like the big one. Is it that one yes. or is it a previous That's, one? Or is it's seven? seven. Seven is the the one that kind of broke out and was. So like, seven oh, was, if I'm not mistaken, one of the first three D games maybe 3d rpgs i don't know uh-huh. it definitely was like one of the first and it, it had a revolutionary at the time battle system um final fantasy games are known for being good anyways and then this one came out like broke the barrier and had a lot of very cool ideas for a story and put them in pretty well but uh-huh. um what i'm going to get into is the fact that because this remake came out there's a there's a port on the playstation of the ps1 one well actually it's the pc one which is a port of the Mm -hmm. ps1 one so i'm getting basically a playstation one game on my ps4 playing it to play through it and then possibly jump to the remake so um i've I've gone through this game no problems i've just bulldozed fucking through every enemy i'm just trying to get through it i just want to see the story just trying to get through it get to the end so then i could possibly move on to something else um, because I'm the type of person I can't have too many different things going at once. Like I need to have one narrative finished before I can go to the next narrative. So mm-hmm. I go to finish it. And one thing, this game is a fucking mess. Like it's great, but like uh-huh. the development side of this game is a fucking mess. The translation team is fucking terrible. There's a sword that if you use it, you get stronger when people in your team die. This shit, mm-hmm. the description says, like, use this sword, or no, this sword is used when party members are dead. I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? I had to Google it outside of that. Like, yeah, translation team really fucked that one up. <laughs> the, tra- the translation team, at one point, they're in an elevator, mm-hmm. and one of the characters makes an allude to somebody important dying. And the other person mm-hmm. in the Japanese version is like, hey, don't talk like that. It's bad luck. The translation team, no bullshit, I'm... <sighs> said... Yeah. The translator said, Don't say that you're being R worded. And I was like, like that's just a wild <laughs> translation. Like, why did you say that? Oh, like the actual like the actual word yes. said it. Yeah. Oh. It it said the tr- the box of text says don't say that you're being written. Um like it says that. The translation seems awful. And but the game was a buggy mess and to the point where they wanted to change the name of one of the characters and they tried mm-hmm. to and the game crashed. Like they couldn't touch it. They got to the point where they got to the end and they're like, if we try and make any small changes thing, this whole thing stops working, we gotta stop doing it. It's like a giant a house of cards. Yeah, you know? exactly. And they literally were trying to change like one line of text, the whole thing failed. Um <laughs> so what I've learned now is that the end of the game is not actually wasn't originally supposed to be the end of the game. So what I've talked to my friends think happened is they like just threw a bunch of horse shit at the end to like make it very hard. So it was the end, but it's all fucking nonsense. So what I'm specifically ranting about is I'm in that last area. I've bulldozed this whole fucking game. And now there are just problems that can't be avoided. Like there's an enemy that when you kill it will kill everyone in your party whose level is Mm -hmm. a multiple of four. That's what the fuck. I I can't do anything with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can go in there with nobody of level of four and then level up while you're in there. And now you're dead. Like there's not, there's no rhyme or reason for it. I hate it. It's horseshit. And I can't stand it. I've stopped playing this game for a week. I'm furious. <laughs> it's just nonsense, bro. And nothing in the game operates under these rules until you get to this point. And then it's like, here's some nonsense because it wasn't supposed to be the end. So fuck North crater. That's the place in the game. I just needed to get that off my chest. Cause it's what I'm dealing with right now. This reminds me of, this reminds me of, like, for some reason, I thought this clip just 
um, came into my mind of the movie Superbad. Do you remember that yeah. one? With Michael yeah. Cera? There's a part early on where Michael Cera is playing like a PS1 game and he goes, this is fucking bullshit, this fucking game. And he goes, what, what the, f- why, am I, why am I even playing that? <laughs> like, I have to send you the clip. He goes, if, you, if, if I can jump from there to there, then why am I, what, what, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. It but was, you know how you said in a previous episode, like it goes against everything you know of opportunity cost, which is that like time invested doesn't need right. to be. doesn't matter. No, nah, it that, does okay. though. Fuck you. <laughs> I was thinking about that today. I was playing. So I've, I've been doing something similar to you as well. I've been playing um, the Uncharted games. So they were for free, I think either last month or earlier this month on the PlayStation Network. And so I downloaded all of them, all four. Right. And I didn't, I'm a completionist, so I didn't want to go two, three, four. I was like, I'll just do one. I read online, it's eight hours. Mm-hmm. And so earlier today, before we hopped on here, I was playing the first one. And there's a part, so, well, first of all, the running is terrible, dude. He runs, <laughs> like, both of his legs are broken. Like, he, he's, like, hobbling and stuff, and it's gone awful. And, I mean, I've heard that the game isn't good, but I was like, Jesus. Like, okay, I, I sort of, as I'm playing it, I'm like, Jesus, I mean, this is worse than I thought. And there was a, a, a bit where I had to jump from, like, a bunch of different platforms. And every time that I died toward the end, I would have to go back all the way. And so literally sometimes, dude, I would die. I, I spent like 20, 20, 30 minutes doing this. Every time I died, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, literally, nobody has a gun to my head saying, finish one before you play two. It's literally just me going, I have to finish one before I play two. I could have literally been, fuck this. Closed it, opened up two, and had the time of my life. Or just, because go- two is great. just Googled it. Like, what happens in oh, one. I-, I know what happens yeah. in seven. I know the ending through osmosis. I know, like, almost every bit of it. But, like, I still am, like, I need to get through the end. So my answer is, I just haven't played anything. Because I fucking hate this game. But I won't play anything else. So fuck it. I'll just have a bad time and not do anything. Because I am a psychopath. There's no way a normal person's head operates this way. And I need to go talk to someone. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean if, if, if I'm not quite there where you are. But I, I feel like I am close in terms of just, like... A completionist, like I, yeah. like I, I think I mentioned on here before how I watched True Blood and I, uh, yeah, half the show is dog shit. And I, just watching because I was like, well, I watched three seasons, I can't not watch the last three, even though they're bad. And I just fucking like, like, dude, and this isn't even like binging like time era, this is like you know, me watching one every Sunday. You gotta think about it, you gotta think or, about how bad that last one is for a week, like, is for a week, about how shitty it is, and then you'd be like, well, let's go back to HBO. And this is like even DVR. This is like me tuning in at 10 o'clock. And then the season ends. I have to wait a fucking year for the next one. And you're like, sure, and I watch tuning in, again. baby. What's Suki up to? Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm 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 like that too. I, I I have I feel like I've gotten better recently in terms of just letting shitty shows go or shitty video games go. But I just have to finish Uncharted. I'm like almost done, so I'm like fuck it. Like it's janky, but I know I know the two, three, and four are really good. So yeah, it'll be worth it. That one you have the the reward of you know that the ones that come next are good. And the one yeah. thing, yeah. as someone who has played games their whole life, I will say is you kind of have to give the first one of any franchise a pass. Like, you have to just, you know, kind of, you judge the first game in any series, like, based purely off of potential. Like, right. the first Assassin's Creed game is terrible. 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 But 2 is awesome. 2 is one of my favorite of all time. 2 is still the best one. Like, considered by I... everyone to be the best one. The oh yeah, dude. I, two part I two love... and two part three and two, yeah. like all that little trilogy that are all yeah. Assassin's Creed two, great. Yeah. The first one, dog shit. The first one is just like 
Go here, listen to a person. Go here, punch a person. Go here, listen to a person. Go here, punch a person. Then it's like, jump from a roof and stab someone. All right, rinse and repeat. Like, I'm not fucking yeah. doing that. And for two, you have, you know, Ezio, and yeah. he's a lot better. Um, I would say, um, I, I would think, no, I, I'm not a big gamer. I used to play a lot more when I was in high school, but I haven't recently. And I sort of keep, a, keep up with it sort of at a distance. But from my perspective from when i played and from what i feel like i feel like the only games that have hit the ground running have been halo combat evolved and gears of war those are the only ones where i i remember being like whoa like these like are amazing like these are these are game changers i mean and both of them were launch titles for the xbox and the xbox 360 right but yeah like you're, you're totally right as i'm looking back and thinking I'm like well what about this one I'm like well no the sequel is always regarded as a better one or like you know god of war like yeah well like well you know what's funny though is that the See, that's the thing, though, is that, uh, one, those are both the Xbox titles. I don't know if you had Xbox growing up. I, I did. I didn't. I did. Really. That was a 360, yeah. Yeah, I had one, too. I didn't have a PS3. But if we're talking about games hitting the ground running, I mean, like, Metal Gear Solid probably hit the ground running. Um, mm-hmm. The, the mm-hmm. first one of those is really good. If we're taking away, like, before Metal Gear Solid, there was Metal Gear, which is, like, a whole different type of fucking game, as far as I know, and, like, not really even remotely the same. So, like, if we take out that, you know what I mean? Start with Metal Gear Solid, which is the franchise. That one hit the ground running. Um, recently, The Last of Us hit the ground running. Um, yes, yeah, and, yeah, you're right. And yeah. God of War did... God of War 1 was really good. It's a very basic story um, that's really just a carrier for a hack-and-slash game. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a very good hack-and-slash game. If you were into hack-and-slashes, right. it was one of the better ones. And has since hit the ground running and even if you want to consider the most recent god of war which is a complete departure from what the first three were um it's almost a it's a completely different game just with the same character um it has hit the ground running because because there are no holdover elements other than the character you know what i mean like the combat's yeah. different, everything's different. It's just the yeah. character in a new setting doing new things. Like yeah, no, I actually finished that one recently as well. I I loved that one. Yeah, that one was amazing. It's like, great. I, I was so I like I said I used to play a lot in high school, and so there was this big gap in my video game knowledge and, and playing. So playing that dude for the first time, you go like, holy shit! Like this is a movie. Yeah. So that I yeah, that's kind of there. Yeah, I'm always iffy to be like. I don't know. Like, it, it sounds so fucking shitty and nerdy and, and just garbagey to be like, you know, be the video games are art guy. But there are legitimately specific examples where you can, I think it's fair to point to and say, like, this is very clearly, you know, not just mechanics or, or whatever. Like, this is clearly something that was creative and therefore art you know what i mean and like that oh, god yeah. of war game definitely hits that for me you know what i mean yeah, that one. Oh, bioshock dude like yeah i played that when i you know that was i think my second or third game i played that in middle school and it's one of those games that i've played a couple of times played it i think once through in high school and then i think once through in college and every time you watch it, you're like holy shit like this is somebody at the fucking peak of their craft and like right. some of the details might not be as good, but the story is perfect. The themes are perfect. The design is perfect. And you go like, holy shit. Like what? Like, right. This is, like, this could be this a legitimate is... movie. Right. right. Like, yeah. it, and same thing with God of War. The same thing with the last of us. Like all of these can be legitimate movies. You know what I mean? And, and would function on their own as a movie. Yeah. Now, you know, this is something that we can, we can touch on on another episode. 
and something that I, I, I sort of have thought about as people adapt books and people adapt stories and stuff is what stories are meant for what platforms and does it ding a movie's a story's universality if it doesn't fit all of them and what I mean by that is that I have a friend who she loves Pride and Prejudice Okay. But she loves specifically, she, well, she loves the book, and she loves, there's like a, a mid-90s four-hour series, four or five-hour series. Right. And she hates the, the 2005 two-hour, like, movie-movie version with Keira Knightley. She says it, it cuts too much out, it, it's not the same story. But I was thinking about that when she was talking about it, I was like, well, it's not the same, it, it's the same story, but maybe Pride and Prejudice isn't meant to be a movie. If that makes any sense. No, absolutely. You know? And I think you see that a lot with books specifically. Um, I feel like that's for video games as well. Where maybe something like God of War as it is now isn't a movie and it should never be a movie. But if it takes maybe the characters, then maybe it can. Right. I think uh, a good example for my end outside of video games is books. Um, Stephen King's probably my favorite author, which is just... Mm -hmm. Um, generic fiction, and I know for whatever reason, Stephen King always gets like a lot of flack, um, which I've never really understood. Um, I think it's just his endings. Well, no, his, ending, his endings are not great, but like, I, I mean, like, people will like snobby readers like view Stephen King as like gutter trash, you know what I mean? Like, the uh -huh. same way they view like Twilight, which seems so ridiculous to me. Um, but anyways, like, the, you, do you get what I'm saying, though? Like, they, they yeah. view Stephen King as, like, reality TV. Maybe it's high-end reality TV, but it's still reality TV. Um, and I think that'll... I, I do think that that'll change as time goes on, sort of, because people will go, oh, William Shakespeare, he's the peak of literature. But he was writing that story for just everybody, right. you know? Because people couldn't go to the fancy the fancy uh, plays and stuff. He was like, well, we got to give the common people something to talk about. So he wrote those for them, and then eventually, you know, over time, because they were so popular, that's what became my art. And I feel like that'll happen with Stephen King. Yeah. Over the next hundred years, but sorry, go on. But like my favorite set of books from him are the Dark Tower series. Um, mm -hmm. It's seven fucking books, and all of them are long except for like the first one. Um, mm -hmm. And even the first one feels exceptionally long because it's literally just setting you up to understand our main character through the next six books. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so like they made a movie, and I was like. Idris Elba as Roland is such a wild choice because Roland is the main character and he, in every um, picture, you know, like every artist drawing of that character before the movie, uh -huh. it's very clearly Clint Eastwood, which is, you know what I mean? He, he's, he's a gunslinger from a foreign land uh, that also has magic, but you know what I mean? Like it's not technologically evolved, so it fits. You know what I mean? You can see Clint Eastwood play that guy. But then right. you choose Idris Elba, and I was like, that's weird, but I, I can dig it. You know what I mean? I really like Idris Elba, again, stated uh, on a previous episode. Uh, I'd fuck Idris Elba. Um, <laughs> but uh, Idris Elba, and then the man in black is the main antagonist to get Matthew McConaughey, which fits because Matthew McConaughey is a psycho, and so is the man in black. Um, <laughs> the But that movie ended up so fucking trash because they tried to fit seven books worth of knowledge into a... Well, that's the thing is you can't try to fit it. That's the problem. Like you can't try to fit seven books of shit in a one and a half hour movie. And when you do, 
so much shit just gets left on the cutting room floor that by the time it's done, you just have this fucking shell of what you you and, originally had. And it's not the Dark Tower at that point. Right. It's it's, you, it's it's a different movie with the same characters. Yeah. No, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we're going to have this discussion a lot as we go on, just in, especially with things that are adaptations. Um, you mentioned earlier the Watchmen, the Watchmen movie with Zack Snyder right. to sort of bring everything full circle. And that's a, I, I don't know if I've talked about it on here before or I've talked to you about it before, but I feel like that's an example where he was so slavishly devoted to recreating the story that I, it's so close that I don't know if it works as a movie because I've read, I read the book and it follows it so closely that in the book I'm like, okay, well he does this, 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 and then I fill in the gaps mentally when I'm watching the movie. Yeah, there are definitely, but I, don't know how to watch it. I, I haven't then, read the book, but like, and I can... I liked the movie, but there are definitely parts that seem to just like kind of connect where I wouldn't have connected them. Right. Oh, you mean they jump just because they have to? Right. Like they go, oh, we have to go here to do this. And maybe in the book, in the comic, they go, well, you know, they, they explain it a little better. But in the movie, they're like, well, we have to. And it's like, why? Yeah. Well, because we have to. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Shit like that. Like, I don't really understand why we're doing the things we're doing at a couple spots. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But same thing. It's like, it's so much story that it was crammed into two hours and 40 minutes that it's like, is this the right vessel for it? Or would 12 episodes, an hour each, work better? So I think I think what it comes down to, because you were saying, like, does it ding against the art if it can't fit in all formats, right? This is what you were kind of getting at? Yeah. And I, and I mean, ultimately, my, my point is that it's no. Because right. some things are just meant for certain ways like yeah. some things are just books i agree some and i was i was movie. i was gonna say i think the only i don't think anything can be dinged for being you know specific to a format but i do think you can give extra points to things that are um you know accessible across all mediums you know what i mean like that's yeah. something that i think you get yeah. you get extra credit for but you it can't hurt you that you don't you know what i mean like you can't hurt yeah, you that pride and really prejudice is a is a terrible two-hour movie but if you make a piece of art that can be turned into whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Shakespeare, for what it's worth, has been able to be turned into almost anything. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. that's part of why you get some of the extra credit. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you kind of have to look at it and be like, that was, that was legit. You know what I mean? Yeah, as you're explaining that, I mean, literally, when you were explaining that, like, you know, you can't take it. You can only give points for doing that. The first movie that came to mind was No Country for Old Men. I haven't read the book, but I love the movie, and I've always heard that it's a pretty faithful adaptation, and it cuts what it has to, and it adds what it has to, and I think, as a movie, it works perfectly. Yeah. Um. I like I said, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if the translation, if it's both. That's but... that's one that like up until very recently, I had no idea what the fuck I was watching. Like I was into it because it's done so well, but like mm. because I don't pay attention to themes and tones enough, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what am I supposed to be gathering from this? Because it's it's done in such an odd way. You know what I mean? I think odd is, like, the only word you can use for that. Like, the shit's it's, weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, Woody Harrelson, like, Woody Harrelson says it, he's like, he's a very peculiar man, you know, stuff. There's, like, there's some parts that I still watch that I'm like, what does that mean? What is he talking about? Like, what is going on here? And I, and I kind of love it for that, and I know some people um, don't, but, yeah, I think that story is so well done of, you know, of a man on the run running from a boogeyman or a man who has no morals, or maybe he has an ultimate moral. He has an ultimate code. 
So I, I love that, that 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 story is so universal that it fits a book, it fits a movie, and I'm sure that they would have made it into a short story, into a short series. It would fit a video game. I think it would fit. So I think you're right. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, the only time I have a problem where things are left up to interpretation is I hate when I want every director to tell me what it was, not for me. But so we don't give you way more credit than you deserve. You know what I mean? Like, like I want my pro- like the ending of Inception or like no, like, uh, like No Country for Old Men. People have found a million different things. It seems that like they say like this is trying to say this. You know what I mean? And like I understand the the, the guy, the director for No Country for Old Men, which is because I don't know it. Oh, it's uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen. Sure, that guy. Uh, oh, the Coen Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Coen Brothers. Like, I don't think they've ever come out and said like, "Here's what, you know, here are some of the things that we wanted. Here are the different interpretations." So like, I hate when when people like don't do that because then I'm like, at some point, people are looking into things too far, and I want to know when it's happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember they did an interview with Jordan Peele with uh, Get Out, and people were like talking like oh, I saw this thing, like, where he's picking out the cotton in the chair. And, like, this is supposed to be a flip on the fact that him, pick, a black man picking cotton is what's saving his life in this scenario. You know what I mean? Right. And Jordan Peele's like, that's correct. But then another person says one, and it's, like, super deep, and he's like, didn't didn't plan on that one, but it works. Like, I need that in my life because I, like, I just can't stand people attributing things to, to people that didn't try to get that message across. You know what I mean? Right. And that it like breaks me and I just probably because as someone who never sees the themes, like at some point I'm like, you're looking too far. Like you're adding way too much to this. Yeah. And sort of so to wrap up this discussion, I know kind of, yeah, we could, we could sort of, you know, wrap it up after this if you want, but to sort of, that's very funny that you say that because this week Elon Musk put something about like, I tweeted something like, don't fall for the red pill, you know, like from the matrix. Oh my. God. And one of the matrix, one of the, the 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 women who directed the matrix, she said, you know, like fuck you, like you know, like yeah. you don't get to take that. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, it, exactly, it, it, that's it, perfect. It's what you're saying, it's like, yeah, you know, this is not what you think it is. And I tweeted something, you know, I, I tweeted that because of the way that the far right and men's rights activists have taken the red pill, blue pill thing, I feel like I would have given up on that movie, which I love. A long time ago, if it weren't for the trans reading of it, and that's why I think it is maybe worth looking into it. Because if we didn't, then you know these guys would take the blue, red, blue, red pill, blue pill thing. They would hijack the Matrix for themselves, and then I wouldn't have that, or I'd be like icky watching it because I'd be like, "Well, is that what they meant?" Right. But the fact that there's like this trans reading of it, then I go, "Oh, okay." There's another reading where Neo is just a placement for somebody who is a trans person. That is so interesting to me that I'd never read it or that I'd never looked into it or that I'd never seen it before somebody pointed it out. And then now the movie is completely different to me and I love it even more. Right. And the the problem is that I need whoever's making the movie to come out and say, like, no, these fucking like far right people are not. That is not how this is meant to be interpreted. Because even if I have the trans reading, if I know that other people are reading it this way. Like, I can't. Like, yeah. I'm just like, this whole thing's ruined. I it's why I didn't this... watch The Joker. Oh, uh, nah. I mean, well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... Nailed it. It's 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 very 
okay. <laughs> it's very good. Not very good. It's 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 meh. it's meh. it's like <laughs> I don't think I'm better than I can't even think of the word for it. Like it's 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 not bad, but it's also yeah. not great. It's but it's also not here eh, because it's more than here. Eh. It's like eh, maybe a little yeah. Like, that's eh, what I'm saying. Like like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, this podcast just evolved into a fucking mess, bro. That's too right. great. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, oh, it was beep 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 beep. beep. <laughs> <laughs> That's motherfucking bars. You know nothing about that. Oh my god. Oh, All right. So real quick, the only thing, and this is this is what I'm just gonna lead us out with. So actually, yeah. before yeah. I lead us out with it, um, like we like we say uh, at the end of every episode, um, Twitter, Instagram. You can catch us at Diff Animals Pod. Um, you can email us directly at Different Animals Podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. um you can catch me individually on instagram and twitter at t moneybags m-u-n-n-y yeah and you can find me on instagram at at evercastro 92 absolutely so um stay safe everybody like us review us subscribe uh you know five out of five ten out of ten all that shit yeah share with um, friends if you like it you know please share it um you know send it to your kids send it to your parents uncles whatever whoever and just you know if uh, yeah. if you don't like it don't tell us just kind of keep that to your i'm just kidding no just uh <laughs> any questions suggestions anything like tyler said email us tweet at us instagram us whatever um we we you know we, any suggestion that would make us better we we're more than willing to accept definitely um so what i'm going to lead out with is that uh in the joker uh i've only seen the ending and for some reason, him getting hit by that car kills me every time. <laughs> uh, and then earlier today, um, I, we generally try and not keep, you know, try and not date these because they're going to come out later than when we record them. Mm-hmm. But today, um, on the way to work, it was raining and I almost rear-ended a car. And because I hit the brakes, no traction. So I avoided the car, went into the ditch, popped up over the ditch fucking went across the person's driveway and ended up in the yard like fucking dukes at hazard holy shit right? yeah no the car is in bad shape um because <laughs> it was on a highway it's nc22 oh but it's like at houses you know what i mean you're so okay? like yeah i'm fine um <laughs> unbreakable what you think they I call me say, mr glass <laughs> i was gonna say it sounds like you're, you know you were talking about a 95 car, you know mile per hour car crash last week and then now you get into this and you're fine yeah david dunn over here <laughs> so i if you guys i'm sure everyone's noticed but i've been ending all these with a kanye line and i did just drop a kanye line which is not the one i was gonna use <laughs> but i was gonna say that my i'm probably gonna need to get a new car uh at some point so uh my next car is gonna be mayonnaise colored bins i push miracle whips <laughs> oh, there you go bars Catch y'all, catch y'all next week. See y'all. See